Hello and welcome to Inspire, my podcast, where I think it's inspirational. So today we have Anna. She's Anna Laura Brown. So she's like transformation. She has transformed people's hearts. A sales director, and she's also published. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I actually do go by Anna Laura. It was actually my great great grandmother's name, so I don't actually go by Anna. But that's okay. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm a health coach. I published a book sharing my story of growing up autism and overcoming some of those challenges as tips and tricks to help parents improve the health of their kids. Yeah, so what is that book called? So the book is called A Spectrum of Miracles, um, Hope and Healing for Parents. Go through like a journey just to write the book. Like... Yeah, so the book talks about, so I was diagnosed with autism when I was five years old, but I also had a really severe illness that I almost died as a baby. So the book starts off talking about my illness as a baby, talks about my diagnosis with autism, talks about some of the things that my mom especially did with me to help me. And then I also have have different recipes and advice about how to help live healthier. Some of the recipes are all recipes that my mom made when I was younger that I really enjoyed eating that were still really healthy. And so you should have like a lot of isolation with other things. So like you can really like focus on things, EJ. Oh, I don't focus so much on external. It's mostly my story and my experiences, advice that I have. I have some resources at the end on things like, for example, how to find a dog for your child with autism, because a lot of times dogs can be really good therapy tools for kids with autism. Sometimes it can be hard to find the right dog. So I have resources on that, resources on different therapies that my mom used with me, things like that at the very end. But no, it's mostly pretty much exclusively my story and my experiences and my tips. Did you... What was like your greatest struggle in writing this because like you're opening your host? Yeah, exactly. I think my biggest struggle was... Well, a couple of worry to some degree what people that know me will think of me when they, which I found that the ones that have read it have actually, if anything, they've really admired me more. But in some ways it was like, whoa, you know, because I'm really opening up and really telling people things that a lot of people that even have known me for years, if they didn't grow up with me and they're not part of my immediate family, they don't know about it. Touching that you're able to open up. Yeah, I, I got to feel comfortable as I went along. I think the other thing that was challenging was trying to find the right words to talk about it too because some of those things especially when it's really personal stories like I don't know if you ever written down any of your personal stories at all you have uh, done a lot of speeches about my personal experiences and I'm sure like a lot of people know about it there's like a factor towards it because like I'm trying to help people that have similar experiences as I find that a lot of people coming against me and then have like a lot of stereotypes and then a lot of like gossip around me so like does that happen with you as well it can to some degree. I feel like just trying to find the right words to express it and have it come across in the way that you want, that that was challenging too. So how did you do that? Well, basically took me a while. Uh, depending on how long you, on how you define writing the book, I basically tried to write it off and on for probably like three or four years. And then once I seriously started writing, it still took me probably at least six months to write it. And it's not really that long. So it's only about 100 pages. And it still took me a long time to write it just because it was hard for me to figure out the right words to say. Really choosing the right words is really difficult, like especially things like in storybooks and in philosophies are really touching. They are really unique and like the right words in every sentences, which is 
No, you just on like on that. Like, did you like really like struggle the doubtfulness being like exposed to other people and like talking about it? Mm, not so much, really. It's I've only had it. I self-published really like about been about six months ago now, and because of COVID, you know, I haven't been out talking with very many people face to face about it. Really, you know, I'd like to do more of that, but I, it's mostly been online that I've been marketing it. You know, I haven't really had to encounter that. Yeah, I think that you probably a lot of reviews are doing it online because they get your audiences maybe yeah to some degree that's true yeah uh i noticed that you do some something that transform people's health like how do you do that yeah so the tagline that i have for my business myself is transform health inspire hope so what i mean by that is i strive to help parents transform their kids health and inspire hope in them that their kids can be more than maybe what they think their kids can be more than what a lot of times the doctors will try to put a lot of limits anxiety may try to put a lot of limits on the kid and so you know it really just depends on the child and where the child is coming from some parents you know will be in a situation where maybe their child is eating a lot of you know mcdonald's and fast food and junk food if you will they want to transform their child's health but they need you know a lot more help to help their child start eating healthier whereas some parents it may be just a matter of the fact that their kid eats some junk food and some sugar but maybe you know it's not quite as bad so it really kind of just depends on where the parent is coming from and what you know what the child's current lifestyle is like but usually I find you know with any case it's always a good idea to try to go a little bit at a time <coughs> sorry about that I've like had a really bad cold the last couple weeks so I have a tendency to get coughing spells so it's okay Mm. Do you like find it hard to connect with the clients? Um, what do you mean, hard to find them or does it connect with them? To connect with them, no. and stuff? I don't find it hard to connect with them at all. Actually, I, I relate pretty well to them. Actually, like I would love to hear some experiences from your clients and like, how you really brought them out of their health conditions. Yeah. So the biggest thing is, you know, and it really kind of depends on where they're coming from. So, like I said, some clients, some people are already they're already pretty healthy it needs some additional help. Another thing I've also done is help people who have been told by their doctor that they can't have something like they have to, or they have to give up dairy or nuts or, you know, they have allergies. That kind of situation, it's really just a matter of helping the client see that it's not the end of the world that they have to give this up, that there's still a lot of foods that they can eat and enjoy. Then also getting the support system around them too, because if they don't have some, whoever else lives in their household, whether they're married and a spouse or another partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's, you know, they're younger and it's maybe the parents and siblings. You have to have support from the people you live with in order to really be able to successfully implement something like that or it usually isn't going to work. Mm, it sounds like a lot of the struggle and being able to help them. So like, what have you really done for the clients? Like so really the main thing is just helping them implement the new life. What I find is the people I work with really want to do it. I don't work with people that don't want to do it. So if they really want to do what they find a way. The, like, the real to want to, like, I think that like, dies a lot for a lot of people at the, the start, like, it goes, like, so energetic at the start, and then that real dies eventually, so, like, be able to, like, maybe, like, be like a wave, like, it goes up, and then goes down. And, well, like, you know, yeah, and I've had people i worked with that have kind of, like, done it, and then fallen off and not done it, you know, and that 
guess. You know, that's always on them. I obviously don't work with people forever. And I do actually a lot more of like, you know, just giving people content, ebooks. I'm going to be writing an online course eventually. My book has some things in it. So, you know, a lot more like people will take advantage of just the self-study than people that I actually work with one-on-one. So, you know, some people, a lot of people will just, you know, take the self-study and then, you know, the information's there for them to do it. And hopefully they're able to take advantage of it and help change their life. Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah, I admire how you are able to do that. And I think I've tried to help a lot of people. It's, I think it's a, bit, a lot about the real power in health conditions and just like saying that to eat this and stuff and to act healthily is different for everyone. Process that they want it to change straight away. They don't want their body to be like the shape or maybe they're too, or to the outcome straight away. And then that process is really difficult. For- yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely can be. I don't deal with like the weight loss or gain or that's just not my thing. My focus is really like people that want to eat healthier for, you know, like in kids' case, for helping them improve their digestion and their behavior and things like that. So it's things like eliminating gluten, dairy, sugar, dyes, things like that. It's not really focusing on specific nutrition or on outcomes other than just, you know, helping the child to be healthier and coach like this like to organize what they can eat and what they can't eat um kind of but you know to some degree not really even that it's more of like it's more of just helping people implement what they already know your doctor nutritionist things like that are there to help people with telling them what to do i help them actually do it because Mm -hmm. most people are not dumb in the sense that they know going to mcdonald's every single day or eating you know high amounts of sugar every single day is not good for your health but some people really struggle with to not do that and so it's helping to change their lives from what they know they should do to helping them actually do it. Maybe there's like a lot of understanding about the ingredients and in the meals and stuff so like be the most aware of when they are doing that and how can you like control it when they are just like living their lives and just like have to update with them? I don't know. It really, you know, it just depends. I mean, it's, I kind of just, when I first consider even working with somebody, I do a free evaluation for them to determine what, you know, what do they actually need help with? And are they, are we actually a good fit to actually work together for me to help them? And I don't actually take on everybody that necessarily can't. Why don't you necessarily like take anyone on? Well, because they, maybe I'm not fit. Maybe what they want is not what I'm suited to. Maybe they have unrealistic expectations or, you know, they're not willing to pay for it. There's just a variety of reasons, but I don't always take on everybody that reaches out. Partly why I wrote the book was to be able to reach a lot more people than what, you know, I'm just going to work with one-on-one. I think that's like really unique to be able to uh, just focus on the people you can help. I think... What is your thought process on the other side, the, the unrealistic expectations, the love guilt and stuff, like the unwillingness? What is your thought on that? Well, I think though well, that's why you have to set realistic expectations because the reality is that people's health isn't going to transform overnight. You know, to the extent that people are willing to put forth the work is going to determine the results they're going to get. You know, I can't really, in a lot to a large degree, that's one of the challenges with this kind of thing. I can't really guarantee people any specific result. It's going to be based based on what they choose. I see. So, like, what what do you like the most about your job as a health? Uh, just seeing the transformation in people, seeing people realize, oh, you know, it's actually not as hard to eat healthy as I thought. Oh, people like struggle. They aren't aware of like the the balance that they're doing. So like, you need like 
fiber, so like we products, and then you need protein, the meaty side, and then the right amount of gluten, and then some vitamins and minerals. Do you have like a steady goal that you always go for for those those things? Um. So no. So it depends. I I'm not really a huge expert on a lot of those. So that kind of thing, I they really I refer them more to some kind of healthcare provider for that kind of thing. Especially since a lot of times you really have to run some sort of test to determine what people act. Oh, you know, determine if people are deficient in different vitamins and minerals, things like that. You really have to do a diagnostic test, and that's not the kind of thing I do. Yeah, I think you can get all kinds just like from. That because like requiring that the balance is really essential for a healthy life. I mentioned that you were a head coach before, so like, what is it like and what are your goals to inspire people being a head coach? Well, you know, I think really it's just, so my story is, you know, I hope to inspire people not just as a health coach, but inspire people just with who I am and what I've been able to accomplish, what I've been able to overcome and helping them realize, you know, a parent that has a child with autism, especially if maybe the child just got diagnosed, they can, you know, their child can be a lot more than what society says they are. And that there's a lot of things that the parent can do while the child is young to help grow up to be a healthy happy and thriving adult it's good that you are focusing on like the same spectrum of things yeah so, for sure are you like consulting with the children so you can the house side and then the coaching side at the same time i it's pretty rare that i meet with the child i usually meet with the mom most of the time now sometimes i may get to meet the child but a lot of times i don't meet with the child it's usually the mom i'm a i'm a teacher so in the same sense we meet with the parent instead of the student or sometimes if the student is older then we talk about the student think similarly to you like my goal is to encourage them to have a consistent practice and then have that highlight onto the um visions i want at the moment so maybe in my i'm learning about or they're mm -hmm. learning about like the discussion about the those things may be really important to drive motivation towards a desire to improve. Like what is your experience with those type of things? Yeah, for sure. So the thing is, one of the reasons that I really focus on the parent too, is you think about it. So the parent, and a lot of times, like I say, it's the mom. It, there's been a few times when I may have talked to the dad a time or two, but generally speaking, it's usually the mom. Is that the mom is usually the one that buys all the food in the house. The mom's the one that does all the cooking. And so the mom and serves the food. And and so the mom controls to a large degree the food that the child eats. So it's not really the child controlling it. But in some cases, you know, the mother has maybe let the child control it. Because if a child is eating too much junk food, you know, always begging for McDonald's, that kind of thing, that's a parenting problem. Because it means that the parent has let the child control the parent and talk the parent into, into letting them have things they're not supposed to have. Because it really ultimately is the mom in most cases, like I said, you know, to maybe a lesser degree, the dad, assuming that the dad is around, because a lot of kids on the spectrum, unfortunately, are in single parent households where there is no dad. But the point is, it's the parents are the ones that buy and cook and serve the food. So they're really the ones that can, and, you know, if the child is having, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of issues there, usually it's the parent that has that to some degree. And a lot of times parents don't like hearing that, but that is the truth of the matter is that, if your child is super picky, it's because you as a parent haven't done a good controlling your child and getting your child to eat healthy. Yeah, just like on that, I, I just like understand that your parents being controlled by the 
child because they might be fussy in this sense but what they want to eat will be desired with what they have as well so like fruits and biscuits maybe like some meat for lunch that's us and stuff so like the the student the um the child is really choosy um have you like experienced a lot of people having a lot of things in the pantry but the child doesn't want to eat or they just um, yeah it can be a challenge to some degree too but the biggest thing usually is that the reality is that give your child food that isn't in the house oh so if your kid child is constantly wanting certain things as a parent you can stop buying those things and eventually start saying hey no this is what we're having and it requires being really strict as a parent and sometimes it means the child may even have meltdowns and a lot of times parents like to avoid them they don't want to have them have but the reality is that that's really the only way to change health and a lifestyle is the parent to be the parent uh, to insist that the child is going to eat what the parent is serving and not necessarily what the child wants to eat all the time yeah just like with that like a lot of people have a hate towards green like mm. i don't really care just like uh like greens really balance out the taste for me and it's always yeah. like a crunchy and like some well, the, the thing is, you can do tricks. So you can do things like sneak spinach into spaghetti sauce, make pizza where you put like greens in the sauce and on the pizza and stuff like that. So there's ways of like sneaking it in. Is it really beneficial? Like, there's a lot of fat content with pizza and spaghetti. Well, there's ways to do it. It's just about how you do it. And especially in the beginning, when a child's first getting started, if the issue is that a child doesn't like to eat any vegetables, one of the tricks is to put it into the food the child does like you know yeah i mean maybe overall the food's not quite as healthy but at least you're getting there i guess that's a good you can like remove the stigma of heat what's why do you think that we hate green so much as society has brought it to you know well to start with i don't think we necessarily do i mean i know i grew up i've actually really always liked most greens and green vegetables like i really didn't like brussels sprouts and cucumbers as a kid i ironically they're two of my favorite things now but i didn't like them as a kid but i liked a lot of other greens i think for people who don't like them i think the number one reason is that they're not prepared in such a way that they actually taste good so how do you make it taste good like just well, you know, like there's some different flavoring, like it depends on the kind of diet that you're trying to go after, but like a lot of spices can be, it taste good. Sometimes some butter, a little bit of, you know, like olive oil, avocado oil, sometimes cheese, depending on whether or not, you know, you're doing dairy products. So there's different ways to flavor things and also make things like if they're really well cooked and sauteed and it's also about the combination, things like that. So for the Brussels sprouts example, I really like them roasted in the oven with like some potatoes and some chicken and that tastes really good whereas if i just cook it in a pot of water and let them get all soggy and mushy then they're actually not very good so you know there's different methods of preparing them that can make them taste better than others i would like love to see like just like when you said that i just like love to see a table just in different ways of how it's cooked it's like we are uh, ultimate test and like a uh, great success to really understand what they want like just like Talking about this, have you experienced a lot of difficulty with food or like, why did you want to do this? Like, what's the inspiration before you started? Um, really, you know, I don't know if I had a lot of difficulty with food. I've had a lot of allergies. I've had a lot of challenges. I've been gluten-free myself for about eight years because I just, gluten really, really bothers me. I've had issues with dairy. I, you know, have discovered just in a lot of ways, really how much better I feel when I, a lot of really good healthy eating. So, you know, that's part of it just realizing the impact that food has on our health and a lot of times until they actually get into actually eating healthier and then they realize oh wow i really feel a lot better 
when I don't have X. There must be a lot of struggle just like isolating things. Focus the health aspects. The there's a lot of bad outcomes causes people to have things like um acid reflux and things like. A lot of athletes do because like they're really healthy, but these things happen. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that people don't realize that if your digestive system doesn't work properly and isn't digesting properly what you're eating, the end result can be like a lot of acid reflux, a lot of allergies, things like that. And things that people think are healthy sometimes aren't always healthy for that person. So it's really about figuring out what actually works really well for you and your specific, you know, makeup almost even. It's like, you know, it's just, I mean, it can be, it can be tricky for sure, but you know, I feel like the effort is worth it. Yeah. Do you have like any struggles that you had with clients in the past? I would say really the biggest struggle is if they're not committed enough or if like say they're married and their spouse isn't supportive, that can be, one of the biggest challenges is getting support to do it because otherwise it can be really hard for them to do it and to stick with it. Well, it depends. I mean, if they, they really have to, they have to do the work themselves to really make it work. If it's not going to work, you know, because they're not doing the work, they don't have the support, then, you know, it's not going to work. So it's really, it's really on them. But really, the, at the end of the day, the biggest thing is having a big enough why for why are you giving up gluten? Why are you going on, you know, this certain diet? Why are you cutting back on sugar? In other words, what outcome do you expect to get as a result of changing your diet and your lifestyle? What, you, what could be some whys that create a positive so why impact? could be like you are on a medication that... Is get, has side effects that you don't want and you'd like to potentially get off of it by changing your diet. Why well, could be that you have body aches and pains, maybe you don't sleep enough, maybe you have digestive issues, maybe you know there's some sort of usually some sort of a health issue driving it that says if I change my diet, then I will feel better in this particular area of my life. Um, I think like a lot of people would struggle with the comfort zone with like what they're eating now. And they maybe they don't want to change it because they've been eating for a long time. So what mm -hmm. would you say to those people? I would say give it a try, you know. I mean, I find most people can do something for two weeks, even if maybe they feel like they can't do it for two years. So, you know, try it for two weeks and see, you know, how you feel. And two weeks might become two months and eventually two months might become two years and two years might become 20 years. What is like the, the positive effects of like creating this change of habits? Really, it's, you know, you create the change in habits, then ultimately you live a longer, healthier life. What if people don't want to... They don't want to, they don't want to, you know? I mean, you have to <laughs> wait till they want. Yeah, I think like, the big advocate is to have the real power. So how can we drive that real power? It's really just, you know, willpower can be tricky, but it's really just, you know, like I say, if the why is strong enough, you make it happen. Yeah, I think there's a big connection with how we interact with them at the first stage, and then that creates the why. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we can connect with people in a way that really creates a why. So, do you think you're able to do that now and like 
Um, yeah, to some degree, I feel like, yeah, you know, it's something I'm always working on doing it better, but yeah, I think so. That's all the questions I have for today. Is there anything you want to say before we finish? No, I don't think so. That's really it. So yeah, so anybody that wants to check me out, learn anything more about me, if you want to download the free first chapter of my book, you can go to my website. It's analarabrown.com slash book. And it's spelled A-N-N-A-L-A-U-R-A and brownlikethecolor.com. No, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for asking me the questions. I think we actually had a pretty good conversation. <laughs> um, so glad you are here. Thank you.